Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. God is absolutely 110,000 plus percent supreme and sovereign. Amen. The Apostle Paul, I think anyway, received the understanding of what that absolute supremacy and sovereignty means. I think he got it from Isaiah because in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12, he can read, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who's marked off the heavens by the span and calculated the dust of the earth by the measure and weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in a pair of scales? Who did that? In other words, God's saying, who is equal to? To me, who has directed the spirit of the Lord? Who has given advice to God? Who is his counselor? Who has given him information that he didn't know? With whom did God consult and who gave him understanding on subjects? Who taught him in the path of justice? and taught him knowledge, and taught God, and informed him of the way that he should walk, and the understanding that he should have. And the answer to every one of those questions is, rhetorically, nobody. Because based upon God's absolute perfection, based upon our Heavenly Father's perfect knowledge, Perfect wisdom, perfect power, based upon our God's perfect will. He does exactly what he wants, when he wants, with whom he wants, for the purpose that he wants to accomplish the end from the beginning. Praise be to God. Shout hallelujah, somebody. Praise God. Whoo. That doesn't get your fire going, your wood is wet. That's all I can say. Job in chapter 42, verse 2 said, I know, he's talking to God here, I know you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. 
In Psalms 33, 11, the psalmist says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. Isaiah 14, 27 says, The Lord of hosts has planned, and who can frustrate it? And as for his outstretched hand, who can pull it back? God is absolutely sovereign. Amen. Praise God. He plans what he wants. He proposes what he wants. He does exactly what his plans are and exactly what he purposes. And nobody, not even the devil from hell, can stop it. Amen. Again, Isaiah in chapter 46 becomes a vehicle to reveal this great truth in verse 8. Remember this and be assured. Recall it to your mind, you transgressors. Now you're going to have to clear up your normally sin-stained thinking to think accurately about God on this one. It says, remember the former things long past. For I am God and there is no other. I am God. There is no one like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times which have not been done, say, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. Praise God. It's because of this kind of truth that about God that we are instructed. Yeah, forgive me going back and forth to scriptures here, but these are all very pertinent scriptures. Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10, with these words. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. You, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, thine is the dominion, O Lord. And thou dost dwell, thou dost exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Praise God. And you do rule over all. In your hand is power and might. It lies in your hand to make great and to sovereignty. God is the absolute sovereign over all. Hallelujah. God is king. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. All right. Where was I? <laughs> Praise be to God. You know, God is so good. God is so powerful. You know, if God wanted to, with a flick of his little pinky finger, he could end this whole thing right now. The devil would be no more. But he wants every individual human being that has ever lived to have an opportunity to worship him out of love, not out of the law, 
not out of fear, not out of, you know, oh, I'm just trying to escape hell, so I'm going to give my life to Jesus. No, you, he, God is love. And you can love somebody and they say, okay, well, if you love me that much, I'll come over here and stay with you. But they're using you. That's not reciprocal love. So just because God loves us so much, he gave Jesus for us. And we say, well, okay, uh, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to ask Jesus to be my Savior. But, you know, I don't want to get too far off in this religious stuff. You know, I, I accepted him as Savior. Okay, but you didn't make him Lord. Amen. You need to make Jesus Lord. That means you got to allow him to tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, and how long to do it. In other words, you have to make him your king. Amen. If you don't do that out of love, but you're doing it out of the law, that means you're doing it on your own merit, trying to earn your way into God's graces, and it doesn't work. It does not work. Amen. That's why the kingdom is such a critical aspect of biblical teaching. See, God is presented as a king who rules over a kingdom. And there are future realities about that kingdom that Jesus is about, as, about to teach us in Luke chapter 17. But in order for us to understand what he's going to say, we have to have a broader, more comprehensive understanding of the idea of the rule of God and his kingdom. So let's dig a little bit deeper into our thinking about the kingdom of God. We learn from scripture that God is sovereign over two different realms. Two different realms. I'm going to be simple. I'm going to try to reduce this down so that you can understand it and can't mess it up. It is profoundly important for us to grasp this, and I want you to grasp it. So I'm going to try and keep it as simple as I can. I'm going to take some time to lay the foundation. Even though we're only looking at two things, I want to take some time to lay this foundation. Because you really do need to understand this. Because it will make everything else absolutely clear for the you to understand about the kingdom of God. There are two different kingdoms. Think about this now. Two different realms. Same king is in charge over both of them, praise God. It'd be like the king let's use let's use the king of England back in revolutionary wartime. The United States was a series of colonies under the rule of the king. Great Britain was under the rule of the king. Two different nations, one king. All right? But our king is righteous and perfect. Amen. Now, there are two kingdoms in the kingdom of God there's the material kingdom, and there is the spiritual kingdom. All right, that's a simple way to understand this. There's the material kingdom and the spiritual kingdom. When God created 
out of his sovereign will, he made things material, and he made people, persons, spiritual. Think about that. Just think about it. Just let that pause and meditate a second. And he's king over both domains. Now, in order for us to understand his unfolding purpose in this world, it will help us to keep those two kingdoms in mind. Just keep keep pondering that. These are two areas in which God exercises complete rule. First, there's the external universal kingdom over which he rules by creation. Everything he created is under his sovereign power. Psalms chapter 10, verse 16. The Lord is king forever. Psalms 29, 10. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. Psalms 103, 19. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all. He's the king of everything that he has created. Everything. Again, the psalmist in Psalms 145 says, They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. They shall talk about your power, the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Amen. This is the grand, universal, external kingdom of God by which he rules sovereignly. Over every single thing he has made. It was a king who thought he could compete with the sovereign of the universe. The king, whose name Nebuchadnezzar, ended up being judged by God for attempting to steal glory from God. And he ended up as a raving lunatic for seven years. Living like an animal, eating grass and sleeping out in the grass with the dew on him. When he finally came to his senses, he understood. And in Daniel chapter 4, verse 34, you can read at the end of that, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my reason returned to me. This is where all reasonable people end up, every single one of us. If you're truly reasonable, You're going to say what Nebuchadnezzar said. I blessed the Most High, praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing. He does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. No one can ward off his hand. No one can say to him, What have you done? And at that time, my reason returned to me, and my majesty and my splendor were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom, and my counselors and my nobles began to seek me out. So I was reestablished in my sovereignty, and surpassing greatness was added to me. Glory to God. God gave him his little place back in God's greater kingdom. And that just thrilled him. It says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the kingdom of heaven. For all his works are true, and his ways just, and he's able to make humble 
Those who walk in pride, yes, he can, amen. Think about what Nebuchadnezzar just said. All right. In that day, if a king conquered another country, the conquered king could continue to resist and he'd be beheaded or imprisoned and a new king installed. But if he submitted himself to the authority of the conquering king, often he would be allowed to continue his rule under the authority of the new king, the conquering king. And the conquered king would then tell all his subjects, we'll serve him. You know, he's spared us, and now we're going to serve him. Well, that's kind of what Nebuchadnezzar is saying here. I was conquered, and it was proven to me who the real king was, so we're going to serve him. That's basically what Nebuchadnezzar was saying. Now, this is the universal external sovereignty of God over a thing he's made. Every animate, inanimate, material, immaterial, everything spiritual in the universe is in this kingdom. And he's put it under Jesus Christ's rule. Every molecule, every atom, every electron, every component of an atom belongs in this kingdom. But as true as that is, this kingdom is still in a state of rebellion. And because of that, this kingdom is also cursed. It's cursed by sin, willful sin. And that curse has stayed the spiritual kingdom and everything in it, all material. The universe is winding down. The second law of thermodynamics is operating and it's doing it in place. The universe is in the process of disintegrating. It's headed towards a disastrous dissolution in the uncreation described by Peter as all the elements of the universe melting with fervent heat and one what seems to be an atomic implosion. Not an explosion, but an implosion. And so this universe exists groaning under the curse. The rebellion is just not manifest in the material part of this universal kingdom, but in the spiritual part as well. There are demons who've been thrown out of heaven, led by Satan, manifesting their rebellion by designing ways in which they can try and thwart the kingdom of God, foolish as it may seem, and useless as it is. They have been aided and abetted by mankind who succumbed to the temptation of Satan in the garden, catapulting the whole human race into sin and into rebellion against God. So you have a whole humanity and a host of angels who have rebelled against the king of kings, the most sovereign God. And he is still sovereign over them. They just resist it. It might surprise you to know that God is the devil's God. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. God is God of the demons just as he is over all the ungodly sinners who live in the world. He is sovereign over all of them even though 
This kingdom has been cursed. He's the one who cursed it. It's already been judged. He's the one who judged it. And one day he said a promise from God. He will restore it. One day he will recover all. One day he will gain the paradise that was lost in the garden. Amen. Oh, man. If I wasn't tied to this microphone, I'd run around the room shouting hallelujah. Glory hallelujah. But the discussion that Jesus has in Luke 17 is not about the kingdom. Not really. It's about a kingdom that exists within the kingdom. God is king over the external universal kingdom, which includes every single thing that was created. God is also king over the internal, personal kingdom, which includes everyone he has recreated. Hallelujah. He is the universal king by creation. And he is the personal king by revelation. Hallelujah. I love that. He is king universally through what we call natural revelation. And he's king personally through special revelation. The revelation through scripture of who he really is. So God rules the kingdom of the universe. God also rules the kingdom that's in people's heart. He rules one by creation. He rules another by recreation. Through revelation, which is contained in scripture. You can see the rule of God in his universal kingdom by just looking out there. That's Romans 1. So that everybody on the planet is without excuse if he doesn't see God or the Godhead or his massive power or his wisdom in creation. God has revealed himself to every man through that creation. Amen. So he is the king who manifested himself. There is a form of revelation. It is that natural revelation in human reason and in the moral law written in the heart and the conscience that makes a man responsible for the knowledge of God being king over all his created universe. But in that other kingdom, inside that larger kingdom, there's a smaller kingdom where God rules personally over the heart of man, over the soul, internally. Not by virtue of creation, but by virtue of being recreated. He rules there, not through natural revelation, but special revelation. And that is this scripture. In this kingdom, God is also king. He is sovereign over who enters and how they enter. He exercises absolute sovereign authority in the internal personal kingdom, which he rules through recreation, through special revelation. He exercises 100% absolute right. Absolute power. Absolute privilege. He does exactly what he wills by the means of his word. The word of God. 
just as he spoke the first kingdom into existence, so he also speaks the second one into existence. Oh, this is too good. I can't sit still. Glory. In the external universal kingdom where everything and everyone he created is subject to him, he rules. And in that second internal personal kingdom where everyone who responds to his revelation is instantly recreated. And his recreated subjects are subject to him. Because he also rules as king there. Oh, man. The first and obvious implication of this is Jesus Christ is Lord and King over his spiritual kingdom. Just as he is Lord and King over the material kingdom. He proved that over and over through the miracles and then the resurrection from the dead. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. His external universal rule is direct. His internal personal rule is also direct. God rules the universe directly with hands on creating and re and reorganizing everything. What do you think the laying out of hands is in the creation of a miracle? It's not Brother Bob creating the miracle. It's God working through me and telling me to lay hands on someone. I don't, I don't do this by my own power. Praise God. It is God working through me. That he is the one who does the miracles and receives the honor and the glory. Amen. Oh, shout amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. God rules in the natural kingdom hands on. And he rules in the internal, personal, spiritual kingdom Directly as well, hands on, but by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He is sovereign in the universe and he is sovereign to his people, his people. But his rule in the universal kingdom is immediate with no mediator. He does what he wants, the way he wants, does it by himself. He controls everything in the created universe on his own. He's the one who spoke it and brought it into being. And he upholds every asteroid, every planet, and every star by his power. He is the unobservable, unknown, invisible, mysterious, unidentified power in the molecules of this universe that holds everything together. The glue of the universe, if you want to call him that. He is the one Einstein could not find. And neither can anybody else. He doesn't mediate his role in the universe through anyone. It is direct and it is immediate. But in the personal kingdom, in the internal kingdom, his rule is also direct. For he comes to live inside his own people. Hands on. And these people become the temple of the living God. 
But this kingdom has been mediated to us through mediators who brought us to that revelation. Amen. The natural revelation, which is available to all, does not need a mediator. Because it's there for everyone to see every single minute of every single day of every single person's life. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.